with you or your electronic device with your Bible. I'm a child of God. Having my hand. Powerful word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, everything's going to be all right. Hey, 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 everything's going to be all right. All right. Jace, where'd you go last night? You didn't go to the dance? Oh, you didn't go to the dance? All you had to say was no. I'm not looking for gory details. I'm just, you know. Gee, looked at me like. <laughs> now, Olivia, on the other hand, she went to the dance with a big old guy. We'll just leave it there. She said he was nice to her, so that's all I wanted to know. I, wouldn't, I was going to hurt him otherwise. <laughs> that probably would have been a good video moment, wouldn't it, Coach? <laughs> Watch me and Sheldon get in. Uh-huh. I'm not sure who would walk away from that one now. <laughs> You're pretty sure. What? Good win again, Coach. Wasn't much of a game, was it? All right. In the ten words, today we're going to continue in that. If you didn't know it by now, you should know it. I love my grandkids. Do you know that? Have I mentioned that to you? I know it's the first time you've heard it. Well, good. Good. Then you won't have heard, you won't have heard this story before. Ha. People's names means something. They're, they can be used well and they cannot be used well. My granddaughter, Kelsey, is one intelligent little girl. She is smart. I know she must take after her mother because I know what I instilled in my son, who's her dad. But he will, give, he will get 50% credit. Well, at least, never mind. But I love, I love them. And Kelsey's one of those very special little girls. And there are times when I, as a grandparent, I'll see if some of you grandparents agree with me, I, as a grandparent, don't always agree with what decisions are made by the mom and dad. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. Okay. I know some of you are afraid to raise your hand. I, I got you. Well, I was in the kitchen one day, and Kelsey was in there with me, and I whispered to Kelsey, Hey, you want a snack? She said, i got to ask my mom. I said, No. Because <laughs> she'll say no. But I got to ask my mom. I said, Kelsey, it's okay. i got to ask my mom. So how does she ask her mom? Does she go and say, Hey, Mom, can I have a snack? No. She says, Mom, Grandpa said I could have a snack. She even raised her voice. <laughs> Using my name in vain. <coughs> so okay. Misty put me in timeout and Braden came over and sat with me and said, I'll sit with you, Grandpa. <laughs> so, 
because that was a familiar spot for him. <laughs> she didn't really know that she was using my name in vain, but if she knew it was God and used God's name in vain, she would have been guilty of breaking the third commandment. And that's what we're going to look at today. It's in Exodus 20 and verse 7. It says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God. How? In vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, I want you to see that verse because there's a lot of people today taking his name in vain. They don't have any problem being critical of Christians or God. And this verse is very clear. Now, some of you may quickly say, well, pastor, that's Old Covenant. That doesn't, doesn't apply to us in the New Testament. Okay. Jesus said it this way. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. I think that covers not taking his name in vain. The principle is true. But what does this commandment mean? What does it mean to use God's name in vain? And why is using God's name in vain so bad and worthy to be in God's top ten? Well, taking God's name in vain is emptying God's name of meaning and making it ordinary. He is far from an ordinary God. Would you say amen? He is far from ordinary. So when someone uses God's name in a very casual way, like they're talking about their favorite TV show, they simply empty God's name and the weight and glory that it brings. In ancient Jewish culture, people were not allowed to even say His name. That's why they would spell God's name Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. But they wouldn't say it. They would just spell it. Because they revered that name. They reverenced that name so much. See, I have someone I reverence. And he's sitting here this morning. So I don't want to embarrass him too much. But he's sitting here this morning. Because whenever I have a computer issue, I call the name Rasul. And on the end of my call, Rasul knows it's me because of the crying that's going on on the other side. Oh, Rasul fixes computers and he's good at it. He's really good at it. I'll give him an advertising plug. So if you have computer issues, give Brother Rasul a call. Because that name of God carries weight. You see, names mean something. Your name means something. When someone calls your name, that's you. Now, were you in school to have anybody with the same name as you? Any of you have that problem? You know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, Rasul. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> yeah, he was kind of a standout there. Okay. I was the same way. I never had anyone in school named Harold. 
They went by a nickname. If they had the name Harold, they never let it be brought out in public. My middle name was worse than my first name, so I didn't have, I didn't have a name. My brother called me Old Fat Albert. I thought, okay, that'll work. But at the time he called me that, I wasn't fat. Well, you know, that changed. But anyway, names mean something. In fact, your name has three meanings. Number one, your name represents your reputation. There's your first fill in. Your name represents your reputation. When we say, Bryant, Brad, Caleb, it represents something. More than just that there's two good-looking boys from Hobart, Oklahoma. Twins, by the way. Do you know that? Bryant's older. Was it 15 minutes? 15 minutes. But look how much more gray hair Brad has. Because Brad's still raising a teenage daughter at home. <laughs> Can you believe that Bryce is a senior? That's, just, that's not right. Braden, we gave up on him a long time ago. No. Yeah. But they're handsome men, aren't they? But they represent something. Especially when you put Coach Caleb in front of it. It's like Rodney Klein. Okay. He's a history teacher in Mounds, Oklahoma. But when you say, Coach Rodney, now the fear of God comes on young men. You see. Names mean something. Your name represents your reputation. Because if you have a good reputation, your name goes with it. If you have a bad reputation, your name goes with it. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. His word even above his name, you see. That's how God thinks about the Bible. He puts it above His own name. Because it's powerful. The words of God in the Bible are powerful. Secondly, your name represents your character. Many times in the Bible when God does a work in their life, He would change their name. For instance, Abram, meaning exalted father, became Abraham, father of many nations. Jacob, means heel catcher and deceiver, changed to Israel, governed by God. Simon means shifting sand, changed it to Peter, which means the rock. So there's certain names that reveal very high character, even in our lifetime. When I say the word or the name Billy Graham, you instantly have a thought process about him. He's a man of integrity. He is a man of God. He is a man of the Word. He is a man of prayer. Amen? Universal. When I say Mother Teresa, you think instantly of compassion. You think of serving. You think, how can such a little bitty person do so much good for God? So just names do that. Other names reveal low character. How about Enron? Just the name Enron, the company Enron. But the one I love is Bernie Madoff. People should have known when they were working with that guy that he's gonna—he made off with their money. 
All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> Number three, your name represents your authority. Ever known somebody who's a name dropper? I mean, they have met the, I mean, they've met everybody. I don't know how anybody in their, when they're 20 years old could have met everybody. But they have. They've met everybody. They know everybody. Oh, yeah, I had dinner with so-and-so. Oh, yeah, I rode in his car. Yeah, no, I, I was on their jet. Really? But sometimes we drop these names because we think that if I get this name dropped just right at the right time, I'm going to get some favors from this. See, I thought that. I learned, I learned a valuable lesson. Because when my sons were playing football, and then Corey, Corey went on and played his senior year, as much volunteer work as I did with that football team, you'd think Coach Trimble would let that kid play football, right? Senior night, we were ahead 30 points. He didn't even get in the game. As your senior year. And I thought, wait a minute. I gave you all this time, all this volunteer hours, and for what? But see, my motive was wrong. Because you see, today, today, Corey doesn't really worry about whether he played or not. He still relishes in all the friends that he connected with that year. They're all still friends today. They're all still friends today. Because, see, it goes far beyond just the playing of a game. It goes far beyond that. But taught me a great lesson. So am I involved in a ministry because I want somebody to notice me? Or to give me a favor? No, I'm doing it now out of gratitude for what God's given me. God's given me so much. Hey, pray for my knee, because I talked to the doctor Friday night, and he said he would try to accelerate the time that I have my surgery. So pray for him that somehow the scheduling will work, and he can get me in earlier than the 27th of October. When I told him the 27th, he said, that's too long. I said, yes. He said, it hurts me to watch you walk. I said, you ought to walk with me. But names mean authority. They represent authority. God's name has power. You see, a lot of people don't want to drop God's name because you're going to be labeled a certain way if you drop God's name. In fact, last week, if you stood up and said you were a Christian, you died. And the outrage, all the outrage from the media, the outrage from the government... How could Christians be slaughtered like this? Isn't that, the, isn't that the dialogue you heard on your TV? Deafening silence, wasn't it? So I saw a great cartoon. There was a gun laying on the floor, and this guy was leaning over the gun going, How dare you shoot people? What's wrong with you? Because it's that gun's fault. How dare you, gun, kill people? Benjamin Netanyahu stood at the United Nations this week and he said when the, when the uh, Ayatollahs of Iran say they want to wipe out my country and my people, he said there's a deafening silence from every nation that's represented in this room today. And he stopped. He didn't say another word. 
you could have heard a pin drop. You could have heard a pin drop. You see, when you evoke the name of God, it doesn't have the authority level that it used to have because we have simply shut Him off. Started in 1962. And it's accelerated ever since. Planned Parenthood's president last week on Capitol Hill under oath said we make, we make profit on 82% of our profit comes from abortions. They make over a billion, with a B, billion dollars a year profit from the abortion industry. 300,000 plus babies killed last year. And we're well past half this year. You think it's going to be that many? Sure it will. It's a woman's right to choose, they say. Here's what I think they need to understand. They did. They chose. They chose before the baby was conceived. There's always a possibility that that can happen when you choose that. Why is it the baby's fault all of a sudden? They found bacteria on Mars, they think. And they're so excited about life on Mars, but a heartbeat of a baby in a womb somehow doesn't represent life. God's name should evoke the authority that it brings, but we use it in vain all the time. And when we do that, we render it useless. Jesus gave an example of using God's name in vain in Matthew Chapter 7, uh, verses 21 through 23, when he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will, will enter. Verse 22, Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. <coughs> they will say to me, Lord, Lord, now, these are pretty big things, casting out demons and performing miracles and prophesying. Those are biggies. And he's going to say, I don't even know who you are. So how do we take God's name in vain? Two ways, real quick. Number one, taking God's name in vain is choosing talk over obedience. Talk over obedience. And you ever know what an oxymoron is? Let me give you a few. Jumbo shrimp. Well, she's pretty ugly. How can she be pretty and ugly? She's pretty ugly. Oh, airplane food. Had any food lately on the airplane? Peanuts. Oh, here's a good one. Government intelligence. But my all-time favorite, Microsoft Works. <laughs> yeah. I bought a new uh, uh, laptop-type computer, and I went ahead and went with uh, a Windows-based program instead of Apple, where my son works, because all my applications are Windows-based anyway. So I go to the new Microsoft store at the mall, 
I thought, man, I better get in there early, you know. So right after 10, I got there, and I was ready to go because I figured I have to wait in line. Ooh, there's no line. They got this big old screen in there you can play games on while you're waiting. Waiting for what? <laughs> I mean, I just walked right in. Oh, sure, we'll take care of you. In and out in no time. There's nobody there. Because Rasul's out fixing everybody's computer, so they don't need them anymore. But the worst oxymoron is this. When we call God Lord, and then we don't obey Him. But why is that? Because we don't obey Him, then He really isn't Lord, is He? Because if He's your Lord, you're His servant, and you should be a servant. Listen to a late show, a late night talk radio host talking about this very thing. He said, you know, we're told in the Bible to call Him Lord. He said, I don't call anybody Lord. I said, oh, yes, you will. Oh, yes, you will, my little friend. Your knee will bow and you will say, Jesus Christ is Lord. You will. But be arrogant now. Be arrogant now. The people that Jesus mentioned in this story in Matthew 7, they know God enough to know His name. But here's the key. Those who take God's name in vain talk a good game. They know God, but they choose to live however they want. Does the world see us different because we're Christians than they see anyone else? Not much. One of the bravest people I've ever read about was just last week in Oregon at that, at that little college. And that person, I don't have a name, but they were the second person who stood up and said they were a Christian. And there was a third, and then there was a fourth, and then there was a fifth, and then there was a sixth, then there was a seventh, and then there was an eighth, and then there was a ninth. And by then, the police got there, and they shot this guy and killed him. They came into a gun-free zone with a gun and took out the man with the gun. Why do we have to lock the doors at church when church starts on Sunday? And we're doing that, by the way. So don't panic. You can push the bar and get out. You're not stuck here forever. Oh my God, I'm stuck in church. I can't leave. Yeah, you can leave. But you may not get back in. No, I'm just teasing. We'll let you in. We'll let you in. But people say, Lord, and they give so, so little thought to it. But let me give you a little background of that. In the Old Testament, people knew God as Elohim. It was a word that means God in Hebrew. But in Exodus 3, God reveals His name to Moses to enter into a relationship with Him and with the people of Israel. Then Moses said to God in Exodus 3, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, who, What is His name? Then you are to say, I am who I am. I am has sent me. I am. God's name is Yahweh, and it means the becoming one. And, and what does that mean? It means that God is able to be whatever we need Him to be. He is becoming. He's the becoming one. If you need, if you need comfort, He's there. If you need strength, He's there. If you need power, He's there. If you need forgiveness, He's there. If you need salvation, He's there. He is all in all and for us and ready to give to us. But what do we do? 
Eh, one of these days. Eh, I'll get around to it. Eh, maybe. But here's what happens. Jesus says that not everyone who says God's name is going to inherit eternal life. Instead, it's those who do God's will. Those who do it. Lots of people say they're Christians. Talk about their parents' faith. I remember Corey when he was uh, growing up and I said, Son, you ever think about being baptized? He said, Well, I don't need to, Dad. You're the preacher. <laughs> well, when you're almost 10 years old, that guy, I guess that makes sense, huh? But then I had to have one of those Jed Clampett visits and took him out and we had a long talk one day. <clears throat> and he made his own profession of faith. Because when it all comes down to it, if you're going to rely on the preacher to get you to heaven, you're in some deep, deep trouble. You better get to that guy that hung on the cross. He's got it already. He's got the path laid out for you. All set. I'd love to tell you more about that if you want to know. Luke 6.46 says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? You see, it's an oxymoron to call someone Lord and not obey Him. Because when we do that, our actions are saying that He truly isn't Lord. Here's some ways that we play it as the spiritual oxymoron game. We say, we believe in you, Lord, but we still worry all the time. We say, in God we trust, but we actually trust our money more than we trust God. We say that Jesus is the only hope for people, but we never invite someone to church. We never share with them the saving message of Jesus. We say God has forgiven us, but we won't extend forgiveness to somebody else. Well, you just know how deep that hurt is. I don't care how deep the hurt is. How does this guy who's been beat on, spit on, drug out of town, nailed to a cross, how does he look down and say, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they do? And your hurt's deep? My hurt's deep? The reality is it's not the best way to live. It's a miserable way to live by saying, Lord, Lord, but not doing what He asks us to do. It's miserable. The third commandment's really not about living hypocritically. It's, and no one thinks that hypocrisy is a virtue of right living. It's just not. And we've got plenty of them around us. I don't care. You, you just name the job where you work. How many of them walk around and call themselves Christians and you know by their actions that that speaks much louder than their words? Amen? Yeah, you see it all the time. But somehow, in these Christian circles, talking about God and God's will is replaced with doing God's will. Good luck. 1 Thessalonians 4.3 says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Boy, that's a good Bible word. It simply means... You're processing in your growth with God, striving to be perfect, waiting to get to heaven. That's what sanctification is. You're not there yet, but you're getting there. You're not quite there, but you're getting there. One of the biggest struggles I had with computers is trying to get them to come on. I think it was years ago where I still said, well, have you turned it on? I said, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on, hold on, I didn't get that training. He said, it's that button in the front. I said, wait a minute, nobody told me about that button. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Isn't, that, isn't it silly? But that's how we are. That's how we are. 
See, most of us, when we think about following Jesus, we think, okay, I'm going to read the Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to go to church, I'm going to have a group of Christian friends to encourage me, I'm going to be generous with my time, my money, well, at least my time. We're going to love people. I'm going to use my gifts and talents to honor God. Well, what more do I need to do, preacher? Well, if you're looking for a checklist, we can keep adding more. But those things ought to be driven by an attitude of gratitude because of what He's already given you. Amen? So if we say God's name, we ought to obey God's Word. takes us to the second way that we overcome using God's name in vain, and that's having emotion over substance. You see, we start dropping God's name to make ourselves sound more spiritual, except in most cases it just sounds weird. You ever heard somebody pray, Dear Jesus, thank you Jesus for the day, Jesus. Now we ask you, Jesus, that you, Jesus, would work in our lives, Jesus. And I keep thinking, why in the world are they mentioning Him so much? Do they think He forgot His name? You see, our prayers should just be a conversation. Instead, sometimes we pray like, I don't know, maybe we had a special prayer language. Christianese, they call it. Somebody will say, how you doing? I'm too blessed to be stressed. And they always put emphasis on it. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Something like that. I don't know. They just go crazy with it. Why don't when somebody says, how you doing? I say, doing good. What's wrong with that? It's a good answer. It doesn't have to be some silly thing. But we talk like that sometimes. I don't know, maybe it makes us look holier than we really are. One of the, my favorite Christianese statements is, God told me. You ever know anybody like that? God told me. You know, God tells people to do a lot of things I don't think God ever told them to do. I read a story about a preacher who had a, a guy serving in their youth program. And he, and he, and the, and he wasn't going to come that particular night to church to serve because he said God told him. God told me to stay home and to pray. So the preacher said to him, so you're going to pray all night. And the guy said, oh, no, no, I've already prayed. I'm just going to sit home and watch TV. So the preacher says to him, so let me get this straight. God told you not to come to a place to hear His Word, worship Him and serve Him, but instead He wants you to stay home and watch TV. The guy starts making excuses and the preacher says, listen, I love you, but you're not telling me the truth because you're just flat lazy. On the other end, the guy says, I'll be there in 30 minutes. (laughs) See, we've got to be very careful when we say, God told me. I hear people using that phrase for a lot of crazy things. I don't go to your church because God told me not to. I'm getting a divorce because God told me to. People will say some of the rudest, rudest things and, and, and cutting and terrible things. Well, God told me. God told me to tell you this stuff. Mm. Exodus 20 and verse 7, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold Him guiltless who takes His name in vain. Wow. People that Jesus mentions in the story say, Lord, Lord. That might not mean much to you, but in a Jewish culture, reputation and repetition is how you add emphasis and emotion. 
is repetition. In writing, we would add an exclamation point or we would type it in all caps. But they repeated words. When David's son Absalom dies, he doesn't say, Oh, Absalom. He repeats, Oh, Absalom, Oh, Absalom. My son, my son. Ecclesiastes, vanity of vanity, says the preacher. Jesus in Luke 10, Martha, Martha. Trying to get her attention. But that's why it should grab us that these people don't just casually say, Lord. But instead they say, Lord, Lord. Emotionally and enthusiastically. They talk a good game, but they sing all the songs. And Jesus says, you aren't entering the kingdom of God because I don't even know who you are. So just because you talk it doesn't mean that you're walking it. And I'm telling you, we have got to get on fire for God as a church. And the church is individual Christians in the church. We've got to get on fire with this. Man, those songs this morning, if they didn't didn't get your heart pumping, I don't know what's wrong with you. Wow! How great is our God. And then Jeff said, sing with me how great. Well, I can't sing, so I just don't sing. I just listen. Sing off key, sing it loud and proud. We had a guy here attending years ago. I tell you, he sang terrible. But every time he'd throw his head back and it was it was never on key, never on pitch, but man, it was coming out of his heart. You know what I'm saying? That's what that's when you know when it's good stuff. Acts eleven. Barnabas went to Tarsus to to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And that name Christian was meant as an insult. Christian back then meant little Christ. That's kind of the way it's viewed now, isn't it? Ah, you're not much. Ah, you're not much. If you're a Christian, you're not much. So we rightly take God's name, and the things that we say reflect the one we follow. Do we follow ourselves, or do we follow Almighty God? I was talking to one of the players the other night on the bench. That was the safest place for me. Friday night was on the bench. As I saw any of the players coming toward the sideline on the field, I just went to the fence and watched from afar. Take out 18 other people before you get to me. For those of you that don't know, a week ago I got knocked down on the sideline. So I decided not to get knocked down. But I was sitting talking to one of the uh, starters. He'd come off the field and they'd made a touchdown. And I just asked him how he's doing with his life. He just kind of looked at me funny. And he started talking. I thought, well, this is unusual. I said, what are your college plans? Well, I'd love to go D1, but probably D2. I doubt I'll play in D2. I said, well, could I give you a suggestion? Sure. I couldn't believe he said sure. I said, remember, there's a bigger picture. If a school is going to pay you to come and give you an education, D1, D2, D12, go. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, hmm. Maybe that was a new thought put in his heart. I don't know. But I just took the advantage to do it. 
We all need to do that. People are waiting to hear. They want to hear the Word of God. They want to hear that God can save them. They want to hear that God is powerful, that God can help them in their moment of struggle. They want to know that. But you've got to show them in your own life that it works. And then they'll hear your words. Then they'll hear your words. It's not knowing stuff about God that saves us. It's asking Jesus to come into our lives and to forgive us because of the work that He did on the cross. And if you want to enter the kingdom of God, that's the only way you're going to get there. It's through having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, I'd love to sit down and talk to you about that. I'd love to spend some time in His Word teaching you about that. And Jesus is inviting us today to live in authentic spiritual reality by inviting Him into that relationship. So I'm encouraging you today. Would you at least consider it? Well, preacher, I, I did that years ago. Would you consider re-energizing and fanning the flame that was in you when you were a young Christian? Remember how you were back when you were a young Christian? Man, you were so on fire, you couldn't get enough of the Bible, could you? You were so on fire, you was telling everybody about it. Because you couldn't hold it in. couldn't contain it anymore. You were ready to go. Oh, let's do it. Let's go. Let's play. Let's, let's fight. Let's get on with it. Yeah, that's what you did. And then over the years... You watched other Christians, older Christians, who sit in the back, sit in the pew, and just kind of went, well, don't have to get too carried away with this stuff. Don't want you to look like you're a wild man up here. Father, I ask you this morning to truly move in the lives and the hearts of your people here. God, I'm asking you that you will do work in them. Many in this room know you as their Savior. And many of them have claimed that you are their Lord. And if I were to ask them, those hands would go up very quickly that you are the Lord of their life. But when we make you Lord, we also should... Recognize the position that we have just taken by calling you, Lord, and that is a position of servants. We're a servant to you, Lord. And there's something that every one of us can do. Every one of us can pray. I've asked the church to take a card and read that card every day and then pray two things, that our church grows numerically and that this preacher stays firm in the Word of God and as I prepare that my heart is pure. God, I'm unafraid. I will not compromise. I will not back down. I will fight the enemy at every turn. And when he shows up in my office, we will go round and round and round and round and round. Because God, I can't fight under my own strength. I can only fight under yours. So Father, I'm asking today that you would energize people in this room. That they would have, a, have that flame fanned again in their life. And that they would understand that there's times, even when we just don't do what we say we will do, that we're using Your name in vain. God, then there's some people that have just absolutely said it. Oh, we need You today. We need You today. 
would we come in repentance on our knees and calling out to you your name. There may be one person in this room needs to know you as their Savior. Would you give them the courage to respond so we could teach them and then follow through after that teaching? Whoever it is, whatever it is, would they respond in Jesus' name? Amen. Great song.